Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's going to throw. Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! <laughs> Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They is buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British. We pastors. beat the British. Second Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wow. Like that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable. What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. Play down. Touchdown. Kentucky. Jesus, Rash. Get it together. Yeah, it's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Halloween to you. Tuesday, October 31st, 2023. A spooky edition of Kentucky Roll. <laughs> no tricks, just treats. Uh, there'll be some tricks maybe today. But well, it's going to be. We got Scooter here. So. <laughs> we do. We do. We've got Scoots. We've got Roush. I'm TJ Walker. Hope you're having a great start to your Halloween morning. going to be chilly out there to start the day. It's going to be chilly throughout the day as well, but especially to get it going. I am in costume. Scoots is in costume. Roush, I think, is in some sort of costume. Good morning, fellas. How are we doing? Good morning. We're doing. Scoots, you look great. You look great as always. Um, I, I think it's it's we're, it's solidified. You just got to be Stone Cold Steve Austin from here on <laughs> They, uh, the people at the hotel really loved it yesterday. So a couple of the housekeepers told me I look 10 years younger. So that was good. Cause oh. I've, I've, I've only heard so far that I look older with the bald head. So hearing that I look younger is, was a, a nice compliment. You don't, you do not look younger. I do. I don't think so either. No. <laughs> I mean, with, the, with the toboggan, I guess you kind of look the same. True. But if we were in studio today, were you going to have the shirt off and everything? Shirt off? No. I'm wearing the uh, Austin 316 shirt. Yeah, but sometimes you'll rip it. Take it off. I'm not strong enough to rip it. I admittedly, so I'm kind of glad you all aren't in studio because I forgot half my outfit. I was. I ended up wearing just normal jeans. I was going to bring the, the short jeans to throw on for, I guess, I assume we were going to take a picture. So I was going to throw them on for that, but I also forgot my armbands, forgot my knee brace. So I was a mess this morning. I had all that by the door ready to take out with me, and I just completely goofed. I was hoping that you were just going to cut your jeans into more jorts, potentially. <laughs> I like these jeans, or I would. Uh, Scoot, or, uh, Rash, my wife saw that hat at a Halloween store, and she said, oh, look, they've got an accountant hat. And I was like, eh. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if that's like the, the universal symbol for an accounting hat. When I see it, I think of like a bookie. Or like a poker player. Which technically an accountant is kind of like a that's, bookie is kind of like an accountant, right? That's eventually what we got around to was like it. So that hat is with people that are working with numbers. 
to some capacity. <laughs> that hat honestly kind of reminds me of Josh Pastner. Uh, it kind of looks like the COVID mask. Yeah, yeah I could see yeah. that. I could see that a little bit. But Roush is wearing those like one of those green hats that you can kind of see through, kind of not see through. It's kind of half visor. Looks really goofy. He's wearing one of those. Uh, I guess that's part of yeah. his costume. I, I my Bowser uh, hood mask thing. I thought it was up here. It's downstairs. Um, it's also very warm. Like your Big Bird costume, TJ, which I. When, when I saw you and Hannah come down stairs Friday, I was like, man, that just looks – I'm just sweating, like just looking at you all. Yeah, Friday was pretty toasty. Uh, the wife, she was not committed to the bit, kind of like took half of it off, left half of it on. She also was pregnant, so I guess that has something to do with it. But it's a great day for him today. Like, you know, yeah, this is just sure. basically a bodysuit. Feels very warm. Uh, I am I am Big Bird. So we'll have to see who wins the Big X Sports Radio costume contest. Now, but, TJ, are you going to wear that appraising? I don't actually have any inspections today. Oh, so no, no I, I wouldn't do it anyways. But uh, I am thinking about when I pick up Lucy from school wearing it. She's, oh, that'd she, be a big hit. She used to wear her costume to school. I think she'd enjoy seeing Dad pick her up. Uh, but we'll we'll see. We'll see how the day goes. But, yeah, I didn't want to do radio not be in costume. You got to showing up to your office, let's say you got a real job, which none of us do except for scoots, kind of. Would you wear a costume to work? Yeah, of uh, course. I'm, I mean, in theory, I would. I'm just not a big costume guy. Like, doing the football thing, like I, I just don't I don't really do it. Uh, and Maybe I need to be more in the spirit, but, like, I haven't I, – I, the, the Walker Spooktacular for a couple hours Friday night, that was my first Halloween party. It's eight years, maybe? I just, I just don't do Halloween much because of football. So. Would you translate not wearing a Halloween costume to a Halloween costume party to the same as like not bringing liquor to a stock the bar party? Is that Does that correlate? No, because like you're the one getting like, – like I don't think I – like the whole point of the stock the bar is to help the the host person load up on booze, right? So like, I I don't think you're any less boozed up because you had one guy not wearing a costume. You know what I mean? But like that's the instead of like a physical gift of booze, the 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 theme is hey everybody wears a costume. It makes for a more fun party when everybody's you know in character. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'm I'm just the I'm not in the spirit, you know, and that's that's that's, that's a me problem. Yeah, that's I you problem. know I, I totally understand, and the fact that people were talking about you all not wearing costumes for two and a half hours after you left, I thought that was a bit long. Like I didn't think that we needed to talk behind your back that long. But uh, no, happy Halloween to you. If you've got any spooky stories, send them on into the Thornton's text line. There's no better way to get your Halloween started than at a Thornton's. If you're thinking to yourself. Crap, honey, we don't have any candy. Thorns will get you covered. You can even get some of the full-size candy bars there and be the big wig on your street when you're passing them out to the trick-or-treaters tonight. Check out Thornton's today. You can get big soft drinks, coffee, fresh fruit, and, of course, all your Halloween snacks and goodies at a Thornton's near you. And text on into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. TJ, by the way, they people have already sent in a bunch of scary stories to the text line because we've still got a bunch of Kentucky football text to read. Yeah, I mean, Hey-o. you could have... 
you, yeah, but you could have. Couldn't you made that joke about U of L and would have been a lot better? Oh yeah, yeah. that's true. But that's not yeah. a scary story. That's a funny story, right? Scary if you're a U of L fan. That's true. We're going to talk uh, about all of it. We do have a ton of text to get to. Uh, if you got anything Halloween specific, we'll jump it ahead of the line. Uh, I've got a Halloween story for you a little bit later on in the show today. A spooky story to get you in the mood. Uh, but until then, we're going to talk some sports. We're going to get to the text line. We're going to get to all these things. But yes, U of L Roush, not better than Kentucky Wesleyan. No. We knew UL wasn't the best team in the state. Are they top five? Uh, no. Once again, the answer is no for the second straight year. Um, because, I mean, it, it really is just uh, – the, the saddest part of that loss, it was many sad reasons, but, like, I didn't even watch the game, and you look at the box score, and you're like, oh, they're the same selfish team that sucks. Like, they don't know how to play team basketball. And uh, they had 14 – Wesleyan had 14 assists to Louisville, 7. They gave up 26 points in the paint to a D2 team that's picked to finish 8th in their conference. Like, they got outscored in the paint. They've got 7-footers. Um, everything about that game was just a disaster. And then, you know, we – naturally, I'm not tuning into that game, but we were on the football podcast. We hear about this – disaster that's about to happen we turn it on do like play by play and kind of laugh at them for the final five minutes it's a four-point game right this is desperation time two minutes to go figure they'll be on their p's and q's they're getting beat back door for wide open layups i mean like just what you give up a wide open layup down the middle of the paint to a guy who's six foot five like what it is it really is embarrassing and the, the, the part that i just don't the part that I don't understand is that it's abundantly clear that there's no buy-in from the players or whatever Kenny Payne's selling. I don't understand how he could be the most beloved guy on the Kentucky coaching staff that the players come back to see first, and yet he can't. when he gets his own team, he can't even get his players to try for him. I mean, like, they should be able to at least try and create some turnovers and score in transition. They have four points in transition. And they're lucky that the refs bailed him out and called fouls at the end of the game to sit in the free throw line because they were just – I mean, like, it was th – their efforts at the rim were just so soft, so lazy. I I don't understand it, TJ. I really don't. It's pathetic. It is super embarrassing. I mean, I was like – you know, Roush, we were – I was hosting the party and kind of going – mingling a little bit but i was like watching that uk georgetown first half and i was like i don't i don't really know i haven't been able to watch enough and i went back and rewatched it over the weekend but i don't i haven't really watched enough to know why uk is only up four three two whatever it was against georgetown college but this is ridiculous you got to get this stuff figured out and then before the end of the first tv timeout in the second half uk was up 14 or double digits or whatever it was like they got their they, they snapped their fingers, they got their ass in gear, and they took care of business. Uh, it was closer than I would have liked for a, a long period of time. Roush, there were so many snap your fingers, like, all right, UofL is going to get their ass in business time. It's Kentucky Wesleyan. Like, they can't even score on UofL, but still, somehow, they're winning. UofL they shot – UofL's made 31 free throws, shot 38 free throws gosh. against Kentucky Wesleyan. And they still, and they still lose. Wesleyan uh, didn't shoot. They shot 36% from the field. 
It's not good. Yeah, and they won. And they won. <laughs> and it and they didn't need like a last second shot to do it. They they needed free throws to seal it away, but it's not like they, you know, they were down three, hit a three, stole the inbounds pass, hit another three, and before you knew it, they had stolen the game. It would have been an upset had they not won. I mean that. Yeah. If you watch that game, it would have been an upset had Kentucky Wesleyan not won U of L. They're horrible. It, it is unreal what Kenny Payne has done to the University of Louisville basketball program. Not just losing to Lenore Rhines and Kentucky Wesleyans, which is just jaw dropping in its own right, but making sure that that place is Ghost nobody's out. there. Like, even for an exhibition game, I get it. You're not going to get a ton of people for an exhibition game. It's not like the, the screen grabs of the crowd. They've lost their luster in the Kenny Payne era of U of L, but it's, it's unbelievable. Like if you're a U of L fan and you're not happy with what's going on, just go to a game and he'll be sure to hear you. Like that's the, if you want to ha- say something to Kenny Payne and make sure you, it comes across where he hears you loud and clear, you go to a speak game directly to him. and you could probably go up and shake his hand and tell him to his face because there's, uh, if there's as lack of security as there is fans there, then that place is just open, open service. Come and go as you please. I think the security is still probably top-notch there. And be nice to Kenny because we all like him as a person. But it is crazy how bad of a coach he is. And then, like, it, it, Roush, it really does get to the point where, like, I hope from a health standpoint, Kenny Payne's okay. And that may come off as, like, offensive or rude to suggest that, like, the only way that he could be this bad at his job is if he's, like, not 100% healthy. But I refuse to believe that you could be this bad as a head coach at the University of Louisville, and not only just be a bad X's and O's coach, but then go into the locker or go into the post game press conference and say the stupid crap that you say. Oh man, it's as so if stupid. that's going to like soothe things over or do anything else. If this was the UK fan base, I mean, he would have already been long gone after one four and twenty eight season. Yeah, but the the you know people complain about what Cal says, this that or the other. Sometimes maybe it's warranted, maybe it's not. Rick Pitino, Kenny Payne goes into his post-game press conference and says, we're not going to have enough talent to win a lot of these games. We got to, we got to be hungrier. We you just lost to a D2 team. You lost to a D2 team. You are more team. talented than a D2 team. Like and then the, the first thing you say is talking about talent. Here's, here's the quote from Kenny Payne that I, I think this quote will live on long after the Kenny Payne era ends at U of L. The disconnect is understanding how hard you have got to practice, how hard you've got to play, and how desperate you have to be defensively. The disconnect is other teams are good. I knew going into this game they were going to be a tough game. We needed it to be a tough game because we needed to know exactly how hard we've got to play against good talent. What? Like, I'm stopping. Break here. TJ Walker checking back in. What? You needed your team to play hard because you wanted to see how they play against good teams, good talent. Well, buddy, I got some bad news for you. This is the way they play against non-good talent. Kenny Payne continues. You know that team played well against St. Louis. There's a reason. They're a pretty good team. They've been together. They lost by 10 to St. Louis for what it's worth. And they've played hard, and they understand what the coach is asking them to do. We're learning about ourselves. We don't have a ton of experience. The disconnect is, again, we're really going to beat teams with your talent or you're going to beat teams with your work ethic, with toughness, and with the fight. We can't beat the best talent. We're never going to be the most talented team. We got to beat them with fight. 
This is after a quote losing to Kentucky Wesleyan. This isn't after losing by like six to Duke. This is losing to Kentucky Wesleyan and you talking about talent and needing to fight. Oh, um, part of where they need to fight is once again on the interior um, where they got out-rebounded 47-33. And he said after the game that he needs guys like Emmanuel Okorafor to have more than two rebounds. Uh, Emmanuel Okorafor did not play. Yeah, that's why I wonder, like, is is he – is everything okay with Kenny? Because, like, you don't go and you don't talk about a player that you didn't give an opportunity to go do those things. Right? Like, that's not a normal thing to do. Did one of the other bigs have two rebounds and maybe he just mixed a couple guys up? Probably. Maybe. Yeah, but they – I still don't understand getting your – I don't care why wouldn't even play anyways. I would think that he's, like, their best player. He's not. I mean, he's not. I don't I mean, know who is. Like, Trey White's a solid basketball player, but he's not good offensively, and people knew that. And then, so who's good offensively on U of L? Well, it's not Scott Clark. I knew that he was going to – man, Scott Clark. I mean, Dennis Evans, their seven-footer, played 15 minutes. How many um, shots did he end up so taking, Roush? Evans? Yeah. Uh, zero. Yeah. He just missed the foul Okay. Line. So, yeah, um, I was I was watching about halfway through the second quarter, and he hadn't even taken a shot. That's unacceptable. When you've got a seven-footer, you're playing a D2 school. Unacceptable. Brandon Henley Hatfield only played 14 minutes. Who Two the minutes. hell is playing at the four minutes and the five minutes? J.J. Trainer, I guess? I watched a little bit of that game, and, like, I figured without seeing the stats, I was like, well, L is getting out-rebounded by Kentucky Wesley. Getting beaten is bad enough, but, like, getting out-rebounded, that's kind of kind of embarrassing. I wonder what the numbers were. And then the numbers ended up being as bad as they seem. But watching the game, it was, I mean, just four UL players standing around, shot would go up, and then you'd have, like, three yeah. kind of gritty Kentucky Wesleyan players just step in front of them. And it was funny because anytime a smaller guy gets a rebound over a bigger guy, regardless of positioning, it just looks funny. So, like, all of Kentucky Wesleyan's rebounds kind of look goofy, but they got so many of them. They got a lot of second-chance points. I think U of L had, like, five bench points on the night. That's almost hard to believe against yeah. Kentucky Wesleyan. That's where uh, your bench should be feasting against Oh, and teams. Kentucky Wesleyan had 39 bench points, too. Yeah. It, it, like, it's, that's, it's, it's, it's so embarrassing. And the part two, TJ, that, like, I just I, – I don't know how you – it, it – I mean, you can get high school kids to buy in better than they're buying in. Like, watching them play, I think that's the part that, like, Louisville fans would actually watch and tune in if they saw a team that cared, right? Like, if they saw a team that was being a little uh, selfless, that would share the ball, that would hustle. Like, they just they just stand around and play me ball. A little one-on-one, jack up a shot, and then go down and jog to the other end of the court. Like, it's... Yeah, it's, they suck. It's a terrible product. It, like the question is now, what do you do? Because the season hasn't even started, Roush. Yeah. First off, does Kenny we, Payne make it through the season? No, 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 no. Well, it depends on like if they decide that like, um, I mean, I don't, I don't know the details of his contract. Like maybe if he makes it through the season, they pay like three million dollars less. So that that would be the only way he stays. Because to your point, ninety Louisville fans are the most delusional fans out there. Um, and they they aren't even talking themselves into a second season before this. Now that this happened, like they're going to get. I mean, that crowd you saw last night is going to be every game. Like oh, they yeah. can't afford to do that. So uh, last that? time they got a pop last time when they fired Mac and they because we hell we were there 
for the Pagase game, and they had oh, yeah. you know they had a nice little pop after that, and they filled it up a couple times. So maybe they wait till the right time. Who? I guess Nolan Smith would be the interim, probably. That wouldn't be good. Is is there no good feelings back with him? They all no, no. He yeah. like UVL fans are out on him too. It, it, like all of this is like trying to be nice with a program put together with scotch tape, and eventually it's all just going to fall apart. But like they're not happy with mm-hmm. Nolan Smith because he interviewed for that G League job, didn't say anything about it. And a year, a year later, a month later, two months later, that finally he has to talk to the media and they ask him about it. And he's like, oh, that was I, no, no chance I was going to take it. I was just doing a favor, taking an interview. U of L was on board with it. They knew about it. I wasn't going to leave for that job. And I was like, well, if all that was true, why not just come out and say that like the day of the reports out there, you know? Um, but it sounds like you just didn't get the job. So you mm-hmm. came with your tail tucked between your legs back to Kenny Payne's bench. I think they'd probably go Danny Manning if they went interim coach just because he's somebody that's done it before. Yeah. But that staff looks dejected. The team, I mean, the season has not even started yet. And you look at that bench as if it's like February 24th and this is a, a, like a South Carolina basketball team. You know, nothing to play for, nothing to really look forward to. Everybody's just kind of counting down until the season's over. It looks like that for U of L, and it's October. It's October, so it's not going to work out well. I also wonder if he's going to make it through the season. Um, did you see the ticketing thing U of L's doing? Oh no! You're did seeing see this, this more. You're seeing this more places, but I think if you go to the UMBC U Mad Bro College game next oh, week, you yeah. can get like a five dollar ticket. If your ticket scans, scoots, and U of L wins, your ticket automatically uploaded for the next game. Wow. You the, your ticket scanned for that game, U of L wins, your ticket automatically uploaded for the next game. And well, it, it will go all the way up to the Kentucky game if you keep going to the U of L home games and U of L keeps winning. See, but that's that's a big if scoot, so they have to keep winning. Yeah, no, I mean, it doesn't seem like it's going to go very long. Didn't Baylor football do something similar this year? It was it was Memphis. Memphis, okay. Um, that, yeah. that, that was the one that popped out to me. Let me I, – I, I don't know how long it lasted for them if they got upset at home. So they won – they won at home. Oh, gosh, you you pull that up. I'll read U of L schedule in the meantime. Right, and then we'll figure out when they lose. U of L will play UNBC, Chattanooga, Coppin State, then they hit the road for the Empire's Classic, so they, they need not apply for those games. Then they come back against New Mexico State, who UK plays in the opener. Then they play Bellarmine. Then they go on the road, Virginia Tech and DePaul. They'll probably lose both those games. Then at home against Arkansas State. Then at home against Pepperdine. So if you all can beat UMBC, Chattanooga, Coppin State, New Mexico State, Bellarmine, Pepperdine, then U of L is giving its fans basically a free ticket or a five dollar ticket to the UK U of L game. They got to win all those games though. Yeah, but, but think a normal U of L team—they're not losing to UMBC or Chattanooga or Coppin State or Arkansas State or Pepperdine. This U of L team—do they make it past the season opener, Roush? Uh, probably not. I'm gonna say maybe. I'm gonna say yes, but they lose to Chattanooga for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, it, it's sad, but I just can't imagine them winning all those games either. What did Memphis end up doing, Ralph? 
Memphis actually did best case scenario because they the the goal um they had two early big home games. Um so that they won against uh, HBCU, they beat Navy, and then for a big boy, you know, relatively big Boise State game, they won by 3 at home for a 3 p.m. game on ESPN2. And so then you got to have your ticket for the big Tulane game who, you know, won the AAC last year and then was in the Sugar Bowl or Cotton Bowl and beat USC. So that was the the kind of – I think that was what they had in mind was like we can have as many people as we can for this game. They end up losing to Tulane by 10. So it went best-case scenario, I think, for the fans, uh, for the Memphis Tigers. Um, I don't know how the administration – think it worked out like how many people sold those tickets or not or like how many actually took them up on that offer but um memphis did their part uh the thing is though is memphis has a football team that plays football together and uh louisville they're not a good basketball team i'm calling it now best case scenario in those nine games tj just said four and five best case scenario yeah well it was only six games no you said the nine after you said nine total well, I mentioned the road games, so those don't matter. Oh. To the to the ticket True. deal. Yeah. But just the home games they have to win there. Um that like, that, that record may be better, may maybe optimistic, honestly. <laughs> yeah. And like last year when they lost to Bellerman, you at least knew that Bellerman was a respected local program who's moved up to the division one ranks that should have been in the NCAA tournament because the you know, the year prior, the way they won their conference. Not to say that Kentucky Wesleyan isn't respected, but like the national championship days of them at the D two level, that was like in the nineties. I mean, they aren't—they aren't the same program that they once were. And this is Division two. I, I do think it's going to be really weird when December twenty first rolls around. Cats travel to U of L, and that lower bowl is seventy percent UK fans for U of L home game. That's going to be a pretty surreal sight for the rivalry. What's the uh, early guess? Case. Early guess on the line for that game? Cats fourteen and a half. What? Yeah. Way more. I'm smashing that if that's the line. It's a rivalry game. They're buddies. They're at home. Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. What didn't yeah. it get yeah. real ugly last year? The Cats won by like twenty two, mm-hmm. but it it was kind of playing with your food type of game. Gotcha. Okay. Like it was Which... just kind of a buffer zone nineteen point game. I think you've all ended up covering twenty three or something like that. So. It'll, I bet it'll be something similar like that. I'm curious if uh, if Kentucky, like if Louisville fans will try to be like, we're going to rally for the Kentucky game, or if they will just sell all their no, tickets. No, I don't it'll think it'll be all blue. Yeah, I think they'll sell their tickets. It'll be all blue. You, I don't think they're going to be able to bring themselves to to coming around to that one. Is that a, that's like a Thursday night, right? Thursday night, and I'm feeling all right. Yeah, I think so. Six o'clock, December 21st. Yeah. We should just get the whole game to go. It's before the kids' bed. Hell, we could go, even bring the kids, leave at halftime before it's their bedtime because Kentucky will have a comfortable lead. That's a great point. I like that. We could go pregame the Mike Rutherford show as our tailgate, uh, heckle him, yeah, give him crap about not going to the Big X Christmas party, then we head on over to the Yum Center, and you're right. Get the kids down for bedtime in time because the cats are going to blow them out. Ooh, we could have a Salsaritas tailgate. What's Ooh. the promo code? Is it fall 2023? Fall 2023, but I think today may be your last day, or maybe Friday was your last day. Regardless, give a shot. What's the worst yeah. case that's going to happen? By the you way, you can get no. to the door for U of L season opener against UMBC for $3 on Monday Ooh. night. 
$3. By the way, we said, if you texted in in the first segment, we'll read it. Is Kenny Payne a UK sleeper agent destroying Louisville from the inside? You all fans actually think that, but it'd be kind of hard not to convince yourself that there may not be something there. Because it'd be tough to lose this bad to lose this big at U of L. Um, we also had uh, Shannon O'Bannon asked a question. Another person texted in. Come on down, Kenny. Would be happy to have him back as an assistant coach. Are you? Um, are you? Are you welcoming Kenny back? Is is it the Austin Powers gift? The Doctor Evil? Like, come on back. Or are we bringing Kenny back after he gets fired? Or is I could, is it? I could definitely see Cal extending the invite to him. I, I would guess Kenny would say no to it, um, but I, I wouldn't care. He was a fine assistant. Just don't let him come up with the game plan or the recruiting game plan, or uh, don't let him be the lead man. But if he wants to be an assistant, cats were rocking and rolling back then. I'm all right with it. Why not? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, maybe you want to like take a year off, Kenny, get that stink off you, just scrub all the. Because it's, I mean, it's it's stank. Another texture says, Kenny Payne quote last night, we needed more than two rebounds out of the guys like Scooter Dingus. Scooter Dingus isn't even on the team. <laughs> she doesn't even go here. Kirby says, saw a video that UofL Media was pumping up as a heartwarming and motivating because a coach told the players to play for the fans at the top of the stadium that could barely afford to get in and not there for themselves. FYI, 10,000-plus open th- seats at each game, so no one's at the top, and you can get in for like $6. This U-Ball staff and media acting like they're an early 90s football movie and defying all the odds is wild. Yeah, but, like, Kirby, to your point, their basketball team just lost to Kentucky Wesleyan. And for the first time in a while, their football team is nationally relevant, like where people nationally are like, oh, U of L, they're pretty solid. So let them have their little Disney storybook football situation. They had a super easy schedule. They're taking advantage of it. I don't blame them for being excited about all this stuff. I did see the video you're referring to, though, Kirby, and it did cross my mind that, like, that UofL Duke crowd was horrible for a top, you know, for a top 20 matchup between two teams, although nobody really thinks Duke is a top 25 team. Um, But I saw what you're talking about, Kirby. Let them have their football. They don't have much else going on. We're due for a first break. And we need to come back and talk about our own football team where things aren't all rainbows and roses. We will. Stu spoke twice yesterday. We'll give you an update on things that he had to say. Dabo Sweeney lost his mind. Oh, we'll that was great. That. I've got a spooky story for you at some point on today's Kentucky Roll Call. We got a lot of texts on the Thornton's text line. Fun first segment. This is KRC on the Big X. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Gale. In the daytime, the streets was clear. You couldn't find a good freak anywhere. Cause the come out at night. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. Well, let's say this Twinkie represents the normal amount of psychokinetic energy in the New York area. According to this morning sample, it would be a Twinkie 35 feet long, weighing approximately 600 pounds. <coughs> That's a big Twinkie. With Walker and Roush. How's the grid holding up? It's not good. Tell them about the Twinkie. What about the Twinkie? <laughs> Oh, 
Welcome back, a spooky edition of Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. We go 7 to 9 Monday through Friday, replay of the show 9 to 11. And you can always reach the show by texting into the Thornton Sex Line 502-414-1450. We've got ghost stories and spooky tricks and treats when we continue on today's show. But we need to talk first a little UK football. Mark Stoops, he spoke twice yesterday, Roush. Uh, I don't think UK fans are super e- eager to hear from Mark Stoops. I think we all just want wins. We just want wins. Yep, yep. Um, you know, he's keeping the glass half full with his team. They're focused on how they've improved, the yada, yada, yada. yada. Uh, that stuff's boring, though. Like, he, there wasn't anything significant there other than He's pissed at Zion Childress for a couple plays that he made, and rightfully so. Like, you can't dive for an interception unless you make the interception. Uh, the defense has been better. He ha- he doesn't think it's a scheme issue. Uh, he thinks it's an execution problem. And, uh, yeah, but the, the, the parts that I think most fans grappled onto, A, we had a little story time. He talked about, uh, you know, this would be the first time playing Mississippi State since Mike Leach passed. And, you know, he goes way back with Mike because Mike kind of gave Bob his breakthrough at Oklahoma. And he said, uh, it's like, you know, love talking with Mike, but when you got that phone call, you you looked down and you just knew you were going to be on the phone for an hour. Um, and that's what happened the last time they really yucked it up was at SEC meetings. Uh, they had their dinner and he ran into Mike at the hotel bar afterwards. He said hotel lobby, but come on, we know it was the hotel bar. Ended up chatting for a while and then FaceTime and Bob, who's in Europe. And Bob's like texting Mark on the side, like, what the hell, guys? Like, why? Well, I'm not, I don't have time for this. What are y'all, what are y'all blowing me up for? Um, so that, that was fun. And, but the big, one of the callers called in and asked, who has, who can run it back for another year? And Ray Davis, he's got another year if he wants it. Marcus Cox, Eli Cox, they can all run it back for another year. He said that Devin Leary cannot. I think Leary could make a case for another year if he wanted to. But UK, it's clear they're planning on life without him. Um, but if Kentucky plays well to end this season, I'd be pursuing that waiver like hell. Because the he's not, not only like can you get the medical redshirt waiver if you get injured early in the season, but his happened during that COVID year too. And the NCAA has been pretty generous with waivers during that from that season. So I, I think Leary could get another year if you wanted. And, you know, I know he's been bad for most of the season, TJ, but there's a case to be made that, like, hey, um, in this pro style system, it might just take guys a while to pick up on it and to get comfortable within it. Why press the reset button if you don't have to? Right, like why unnecessarily do that to yourself, and take a risk on a transfer portal quarterback just to give Cutter Bully a year to figure things out. So, if you could, if you could give Leary another year to figure it out, I mean, like, it will he ever get to that thirty-five and five mark that we had at NC State? I don't know, but it might be better than rolling the dice on another portal quarterback and then giving him a month to kind of figure out how the, how to play in this offense. 
Yeah, that's why it sucks that UK lost to Tennessee for the millionth time in my lifetime is because if UK finds a way to win that game and the defense does enough to win that game and you don't have some questionable offensive play calls, uh, the story is, hey, that's the type of leery that UK can can beat good teams with. That type of performance, UK can can do some fun things. Maybe that's not the Devin Leary we thought we'd have at its peak or at its ceiling, but that's a good Devin Leary. That's more like it. And instead, we can feel good about the way the offense looked in stretches against Tennessee, but it was in a losing effort. Um, and at the end of the day, ultimately, they weren't able to do enough. I, I still need to see more out of Leary to want to even roll the dice with looking into the the red shirt potentially, or the 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 hard the hardship waiver for injuries. Um, I need to see more. Now that Tennessee game was a step in the right direction, but Mississippi State, you should not necessarily go down there and put up like 350 yards and four touchdowns, but you, you there's no reason that they should completely stymie you or stop you completely. Um, you should go out there and look good and be able to move the chains and get it to your wide receivers. Alabama game, again, expectations for me are very low. They announced that's going to be a noon game on November 11th, which I'm not mad at at all. Especially because uh, November night games get a little bit chilly. Very the, chilly. The yeah. more you, you can attract people to get out there, the the better. I don't think people yeah. need all day to tailgate for that game. No, they don't. And, you know, if it's a good game, the atmosphere is going to be great. If it's not, then people can move on with their days and move on to something else. Uh, but then you, you need this Devin Leary we saw against Tennessee this past week. You need it against South Carolina. You need it against Louisville to finish the year. Roush, if that stuff happens, if Devin Leary can look more like the Devin Leary we saw against Tennessee than pretty much any other point this season, then I would be all for everything you just said. I do think it'd be easier just have a guy that's in-house, be better for the system, better for the offense, better for the receivers, better for the OC. It's just better across the board. Um, secondly, you don't know exactly what you'd be getting in the transfer portal. Do you go try to get a proven commodity at a smaller school? Do you go get somebody that's a backup at a big school that's just waiting for their chance? That's always kind of a, you're playing with fire a little bit there. Sometimes it can work. Sometimes maybe it doesn't. And if it doesn't work, then bada boom, bada bing, you don't have a quarterback for that year. But so I'm with you. And I hope that they can explore that option. Um, I think it's weird that like the coaching staff isn't really bringing that up as a possibility yesterday being a perfect example of that. However, a, do, a lot of media members think that it is a possibility that Leary could come back for another year. I still need to see more before I even want that to be a possibility Roush, but sounds like it is. Yeah. And, the thing is, too, is you're like, uh, we shouldn't expect 300 yards and four touchdowns against Mississippi State. They've got the 90th ranked pass defense in college football. Um, I know it's a road game, but that's how you that's how you win us back in a three game losing streak. And things are like looking very bleak right now. As you go out and you you do throw it all around the yard, um, that can go a long way. Now, it's it's not all on Devin Leary. Uh, we just as we said that previously when he was playing poorly, same can apply to when he's having success, right? He was protected very well, had a lot of time. Now, some of it's what they do, but uh, Hypo was bitching and moaning about uh, holding. And no, it, Kentucky offensive line, they did their job um, on Saturday. Cohen did a good job of making sure that he was getting the ball out of his hands quickly. The receivers 
they were making great catches, right? Like a couple of those dang key receptions was pretty nice, TJ. So we need if you have the opportunity to keep this ball rolling against a bad Mississippi State pass defense, go do that, and then I, I think people will be on board. But I, I think part of the reason why they're not mentioning it too, TJ, is that they they've always kind of like the plan is always for him to be one and done, and I think it would like they, they've had to operate under that assumption. And I don't even know if Leary would want like personally. Does he would he be interested in a second year? Like I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it seems like a long shot for a lot of those reasons, and just the fact that like again, the coaching nobody nobody in house is saying that, or at least publicly they're saying it. They're like, hey, it's a possibility. We're totally into looking into it. So my guess is Devin Leary won't be the quarterback for UK next year. As it stands right now, I don't have a major issue with that. Granted, Roush, everything that you did say is true. Like, if it's better to have a quarterback returning that you like and feel good about than rolling the dice with the alternative. Um, my options, I guess, of things, where things stand right now as of today. One, if TJ's running the show, go find another transfer quarterback. That's option one for TJ. Don't have any names off the top of my head, but hopefully UK could, could go get somebody good go get one of the top three to five quarterbacks in the portal. That's my first choice. Second choice would be Devin Leary, medical red shirt, returning for another season. And then, I don't know, my like ninth, I don't know what's in between number three and number eight, but my ninth option is Cutter Bowley starting, Roush. I've got that at number nine. Okay, got you. Um, one, new QB, two, Devin Leary, three through eight, eh, Number nine, Cutter Bowley being starting QB for UK as a freshman. I'm, I'm going to withhold judgment until uh, players stop, start hopping in the portal. It's like last year we at least knew that like one like what a couple of the options were going to be. It's still too early to know that, which very funny that like a week ago the the on three people were like, oh, we, we want to start getting ready for the transfer portal season. Y'all know who could potential names? It's like. There are five weeks of football to be played. <laughs> I know, like, it is getting towards the end, but, like, it's a third of the season is is going to be played this month. Like, there's a lot of football. The How we think of this season will ultimately come down to how Kentucky performs in the month of November. Uh, it gets a difficult schedule. Um, yep. yep. Right? Like, because here's the thing. It all sucks right now. What happens if they beat Bama? You know, like, I, I know nobody wants to hear that, but, like, you know, it wasn't that long ago. We felt on top of the world with Florida. Like, this game, it is a week-to-week, everything changes. So, um, for the better or for the worse. Um, so, I'm not going to get, like, I, I'm not going to put the, the cart too far in front of the horse. Yeah, that's part of the reason why that Tennessee loss stinks so badly. Could be six and two going to the Mississippi State game, saying, "Hey, seven and two, then get Alabama coming to town, be a pretty big deal." But now mm-hmm. you're just trying to desperately end this losing streak, and to end a losing streak, Roush, they're going to have to end a losing streak. What lo- losing streak? To, to they've got a losing streak against Mississippi State, but they've got a losing streak right now. They've got to end a losing streak to end a losing streak. Ah, aha. <laughs> that was yeah, a lot. Stoops was like, yeah. Stoops' quote about, uh, yeah, we, we haven't we haven't had a lot of success down there. I was like, oh, 
Is that how you describe it, Mark? Like that's a nice way to put it. Like yeah, you. I, I can confirm there has not been a, a great deal of, you, of success. You've got your ass kicked down there, lots of lots of times, lots of times. Hopefully not another time. Saturday, seven thirty, UK holding steady as favorites, which is crazy to me. Even crazier was Luckett's stat that this is the first time UK has been a favorite in an SEC West opponent's stadium since. Oh wait. Huh. Yeah, um, that should tell you a lot about this team. It's a Mississippi State football team. They're not good. Well, I think that stat's more indicative to UK, but. Really? Not being favorited in a West Stadium for 15 years almost. Yeah, that's pretty bad. It's not what we're looking for. Yeah, I mean. Well, how are you rationalizing not being a favorite in a place for 15 years? That's not, you can't rationalize that. I mean, that's but they only, they only play one of them a year, though. I know. So, like. But still, and like, and Kentucky was terrible for a lot of those years. I think it's more of an indictment on Mississippi State. Like they stink. I think it's more probably an indictment on UK, but maybe a little bit of both. Uh, we've got Elmo here. Can you say hi? Hi, Elmo. You say hi. They can't. Oh, they, oh they yeah. See him? She, she can't hear me. Yeah. 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 We're getting Lucy ready for I've, school. You've I've got, got a pretty Halloween. good Grover. You've got your Halloween parade going on today, don't you, Lucy? Lucy, what do we say when we go trick-or-treating? Elmo. Well, we don't say Elmo. <laughs> what do we say? Trick-or-treat. Trick-or-treat. Yay. Do you go knock-knock? Yeah. How do you, show Daddy how you do it. Nice. <laughs> trick-or-treat. What's oh, Daddy yep, Daddy's big bird. All right, can you say roll call? Say roll call. Good. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least somebody's Halloween. family listens to the radio show. Yeah. <laughs> well, there goes little Elmo off to the Halloween parade. She's going to get a lot of candy. <laughs> she loves when I say all those little buzzwords. Uh, not great for radio there, but at least you all got to see yeah, little, little Lucy. Yeah. Um, all right. So, UK, just beat Mississippi State. Please, for the love of God, we can't take any more losses for football. Can't do it. Basketball cats don't play till Thursday. Another exhibition game. That one's against Kentucky State. I would think that one shouldn't be a one-point game at halftime, but then again, I didn't think the Georgetown game would be a one-point game at halftime. So we got a lot more sports to talk about. Here's the question. More people going to tune into that or Will Levis primetime? Well, you can get a little bit of both. Watch the first half of the cats. And then by the time the second half's rolling on, hopefully UK is up by 30, you can switch on over to the basketball. Watch that's true. Levis. That's true. Yeah. That, that's, uh, a, that's an interesting line in that Titan Steelers game. What is it? Yeah. I think three the Steelers are three point favorites. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's going to happen. They're covering what? that? Series? Absolutely. TJ, you're terrible at NFL picks. I know yeah, I am. Pickett, but, what if Pickett doesn't play, though? I don't care. Will Levis is going to be so scared when he sees TJ Watt, it's going to get ugly. Will Levis is about as big as T.J. Watt, though. Yeah, but uh, against SEC teams, he knows what it's like. I'm telling you, T.J. Watt's going to give him something. SEC teams are basically just a bunch of T.J. Watts. That's what we're up against every week. Everybody, don't go anywhere. Spooky ghost story coming up next on Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio, hour number two. T.J. Walker, Nick Rouse, Justin Kaler. From my electro. They did the mash. They did the monster mash. The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. They did the mash. 
morning on flash. They did the mash. They did the monster mash. The zombies were having fun. The party had just begun. Over? You say over? I heard the family! Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is! With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back in to hour number two of Kentucky Roll Call on the Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. Nick Roush, Roll TJ Walker, Justin, Justin Kalen here on your spooky Halloween edition of KRC. We're, um, during the break, I went and I found, uh, I found the Bowser. That thing does. Well, it looks good. That thing does look hot. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it is. Very well. <laughs> well, he's got a cold head, though. He needs That's something true. warm for his, his head. Y'all noticed I yeah. haven't taken off my toboggan. I, I get the cold head thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're going to keep it, Scoots? Keep it. I'm just trying. I'm just trying to get people to join the the shaved head army. No, I'm not going to keep it. I've decided I'm not going to keep it. But it is nice to know that in the future, if I ever want to do it again, or I'm forced to do it again, then I, I know that I'll look okay. But I I do. There is a small part of me, Ralph, that wants to keep it, but I'm not going to. Well, if, even if you don't, I, obviously this is not the time. Like. You know you have this option in the summer now that yes. you can always go back to. Summer, like the summer's the time to do it. May you do it again. You just can't let your head get burnt, though. That's yeah, that's true. the last time I got sunburnt was forgetting to sunscreen or hat up enough, you know. And that was, that was tough. It was tough. Now, Scoots is a big hat guy. He's all right. I still wish you'd do the mustache just once. Mm-mm. No I don't way. know why you're so against it. Besides, I hate just, mustaches so much. I, I can't even explain. You have it. A, I hate Scoots, them. You have a great mustache. No, I must I ask you why. I don't doubt that, but I'm I'm I so hate the why, look of mustaches. I literally, I, I physically I could not look. A, I understand that you have that opinion, but like Scoots, it'd be like if you had just a phenomenal caboose. I but do. You always, you always, you always <laughs> wore like baggy sweatpants or basketball shorts. You know. Like get a pair of jeans that show off those those beautiful hips of yours, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess, but I I'm, I'm I can't physically look in the mirror and see myself with a mustache. It makes me want to throw up. I hate it. I hate mustache. You don't know that. You I don't do. Know that. I've done it once. You don't. You did it once when you said you were playing with your facial hair over the course of five days. Shave the goatee, have the mustache, do it for a day, and realize that people are going to start. They're not going to start taking advantage of scoots anymore they're gonna start asking for scoots opinions on things they're gonna start I wonder what scoots thinks i you're gonna start being the man around gill's place they're gonna start calling me a molester of some sort no they won't mustaches are back mm, not for this guy sorry buddy you have a great mustache it's just absolutely <laughs> wild be like having an amazing head of hair and just shaving it the only like, way i could do a mustache is if i took it all the way down to my jawline and I had like no, a long no. handlebar mustache. I mean, try you could try that, but I, I just start <laughs> with the regular mustache first. See how that looks on for. I don't know. You're crazy to me, uh, but you're you do look good bald. So you got that going, does for Thanks. you. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty is the Thornton's text line. Get your text into the show. We'll do our best to try to read them, although no promises on a Halloween edition of Kentucky Roll Call today. 
Do we want to get into the spooky story? Yeah, let's do it. Let's hear the spooky story. I don't know. Like, I, it's a long story, so I'm, I'm kind of shortening it as is. But this is from 2014 in the Indie Star. It was originally published January 25th, 2014. So not around spooky time. But hmm. this is uh, this is from the Indie Star. So this isn't from, like, you know, some blog or KSR plus blog. You know, you, this is legitimate. You can take this to the bank. Take it to the bank. All right. Uh, we'll start. Well, I can't read the whole thing because we don't have enough time. Possessed by demons. We'll just start it here. Okay. Campbell says she remembers telling her daughters, we need help. We need to talk to someone who knows how to deal with it. At this point, this family in Fort Wayne, Indiana, is experiencing really creepy, scary stuff. Um, that, or Gary, Indiana, not Fort Wayne, excuse me. Gary, Indiana. The police have like corroborated this story. This seems as pretty legitimate as it gets, unless there's been any updates. Anyway, so Campbell... And some of these names aren't going to make sense because I didn't introduce them before. But Campbell and Latoya Ammon said they didn't know exactly what it was, but they believed something was supernatural. They called their local church leaders, but most refused to listen. Eventually, after listening to Campbell's and Ammon's talk about the house and visiting it, and visiting it officials at one church told them the Carolina Street house had spirits in it. They recommended the family clean the home with bleach and pneumonia then used oil to draw crosses on every door and window. At the church's suggestion, they poured olive oil on her three children's hands and feet and then smeared oil in the shape of crosses on their forehead. Campbell and Ammons told the star they reached out to two clairvoyants, who can like talk to spirits, Mm, who said that the family's home was besieged by more than 200 demons. 200 demons? 200 of them. Wow, that's a lot of demons made sense to them, they say, because it meshed with their Christian faith. The best thing you can do is move, the clairvoyant told them, but moving wasn't an option for the cash-strapped family. Instead, Ammon said she took the clairvoyant's advice, and they made an altar in the basement. I mean, I, I, I just interjecting here. How do you get to alter all of a sudden? Yeah, that's a, that's a big leap. It's a big hey, leap for if me. You, if you can't move out, did you try making a demon sacrifice altar in the basement? Yeah, we don't have enough money to move out, so I guess we'll just have to make the demon altar in the basement then, I suppose. I would, I would, I would push back on this part of the story that they just kind of jumped to the altar part in the basement. Ammons covered an end table with a white sheet, then placed a white candle and a statue of Mary, Joseph, and Jesus on it. She opened the Bible to Palm Psalm 91, excuse me. She said that she saw another person donned white t-shirt and white scarves around their heads. Um, and the clairvoy and at the clairvoyance advice, they burned sage and sulfur throughout the house, starting upstairs, working their way down. The smoke was so thick they could hardly bl- breathe. They drew crosses with the smoke. Um they said, you will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by the day, nor the, the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, or the plague that destroys midday. Nothing happened for three days, but then everything got worse. Oh, the no. family said the demons possess Ammons and her children. Then ages 7, 9, and 12, the kids' eyes bulged. Evil smiles crossed their faces, and their voices deepened every time it happened. 
Campbell and Ammons confirmed. Campbell and the demons didn't affect her. Campbell said the demons didn't affect her because she was born with protection from evil. She said oh. that she and others like her have guardians who protect them. Roush is starting to get skeptical. Really? Ammon said she felt weak, lightheaded, and warm when she when she got possessed. Her body shook, and she said she felt out of control. You can tell it's different. You can tell it's something supernatural. The youngest boy, then seven, sat in the closet talking to a boy that no one else could see. The other boy was describing what it felt like to be killed. Campbell said the seven-year-old once flew out of the bathroom as if he had been thrown, and his head and and a headboard once smacked into Eamon's daughter, causing a wound that needed stitches. Stitches. The 12-year-old would later tell mental health professionals she sometimes felt as if she was being choked or held down so she couldn't speak or move. She heard a voice say that she'd never see her family again and she wouldn't live for another 20 minutes. Some nights, the family it was so bad, the family would sleep at a hotel. In desperation, their family went to a physician and they said that they were going, that they, they were going through stuff, they needed help. The physician told the star it was bizarre. 20 years, I'd never heard anything like it in my life. He said, I was scared myself when I walked into the room. He said he would not speak in more detail unless Ammons had psychiatric clearance from the waiver of confidentiality that they had signed. In the medical notes about the visit, Anawaku wrote delusions of ghosts in the home, hallucinations, he wrote, and a history of the ghosts at the home and delusions. <laughs> what Ammons and Campbell said happened next also was detailed in the DCS report of a family case manager's interview with a medical staff. Chaos erupted. The story goes on. It gets much crazier. The family, the people started walking on walls, Roush. What? Uh-huh. Like the actual kids? The kids were walking on walls. One kid's <sighs> eyes rolled back into his head. And uh, they had to bring in priests. They did an exorcism. The story goes on much longer. Okay. But basically, the, the sentiment of this indie star story, which is scary, I highly recommend reading the whole thing, is, is it ghosts, or are these people just crazy? Well, do we, what, what's the resolution here? How did, like, does it, can you, can you at least give us that? Did the, did the ghosts scare them out of the house? Did they scare the ghosts out of the house? Are the people, they lose their marbles? Like how, because um, I'd be, be fascinated how the kids turned out after that. Well, it doesn't. Uh, it, it, let's see. They do an exorcism. I know that part. They actually right. like get the church involved and they get priests. All right, let's okay. see. And the final exorcism at the end of 2012, the priest said he prayed and berated the demons in Latin rather than English. Police officers did not attend, so he the Mangiat said his brother stood guard. He said that Ammons convulsed while he condemned the demon, but did not convulse during prayer. When she fell asleep, he said words of thanksgiving. It'd be the last time Ammons saw him. She and her mother drove back to Indianapolis, where they say they now live without fear. Ammons' old home on Carolina Street became an object of local curiosity, so much so that the owner and the landlord, Charles Reed, called the Gary Police Department to ask officers to stop driving by the house because of scaring the new tenants. He said there was no problem in the home before or after the family lived there. I thought I heard it all, said Reed, who's been a landlord for 33 years. This was a new one to me. My belief system has a hard time jumping over that bridge. When he told the Catholic Church involvement in the situation, however, Reed said that he made him less skeptical about everything. He regained custody, or Ammons regained custody of her three children in November, about six months after they had been removed. 
DCS continued to check in on the children and make sure they were going to school until the case was closed in February. Ammons called her children's return the happiest day of her life. She said they screamed and jumped the day when she picked them up. It was just awesome. I hadn't been this happy in a long time, and God knows how long. The children said they felt safe after they left the house on Carolina Street. They left their three demonic voices and complaints behind them. No demonic presence or spirits in the new home, the case manager wrote. Uh, She, that's all. The family's no longer fixated solely on religion to explain or cope with the children's behaviors. Uh, As for her past, Ammon said it was not the psychologist, the cycle... The psychologist who resolved her problems, but God, when you hear something like this, she said, don't assume it's not real because I lived it. I know that it's real. So when they didn't move at first, they ended up just moving anyway because they had to? Well, I think they took the kids away. And when they took the kids away, the lady moved in with like a sister in Indianapolis. I'm not trying to be right. I'm not trying to be a skeptic here because I believe in all this stuff. But the fact that the kids were taken away. Makes me believe that some sort of drugs were involved here, and none of this actually happened. Sounds like there's a record of the kids, though, like actually corroborating it. And they were 7, 9, and 12, too. Here's one more part. Gary, police captain, starts to believe. Less than a week later, two women were back on Carolina Street to let Washington, the DCS family case manager, check the condition of the home, and they asked that the Lake County police officer come with them. Two other officers, one from Gary and one from Hammond's police department, asked to join them out of professional curiosity. Ammon refused to go inside, but Campbell agreed to accompany the group. Ammon's kids were still in DCS custody. The main floor had three bedrooms, a living room, one bathroom, hardwood floors, small open-style kitchen, a door in the kitchen that led to the basement's concrete floors. I feel like I've appraised this house before. Directly under the stairs were a a dirt floor. The concrete around it was jagged as though it had been broken. The makeshift altar Ammons had created was in place, along with rings of salt she had poured against the basement wall to dissuade the demons, according to the police department. Campbell told officers that demons seemed to emanate from beneath the stairs. Austin, the Gary police captain, were one of the officers. He later told the star he believed in ghosts and the supernatural, but said he didn't believe in demons. Kind of a weird place to draw a line, yeah, right? Yeah, right, yeah. yeah I'm... Austin said he changed his mind after visiting the Carolina Street house. Now he does believe in demons. Hmm. During the interview with Campbell, one of the officer's audio recordings malfunctioned, according to Austin and Hammond police records. The, the power light flashed to indicate the batteries were dying, even though the officer had placed fresh batteries in the recorder earlier that day. Another officer recorded audio, and when he played it back later, heard an unknown, an unknown voice whisper, hey, according to the police records. You guys are laughing. Oh, man. No, like, I'm like laughing as a coping mechanism. That's creepy as hell. The officer also took photos of the house. In one of the photos, the basement stairs, there was a cloudy white image in the upper right-hand corner. When an officer enlarged the photos, that cloud appeared to resemble a face. Lake County police records state the enlargement also revealed a second green image that police said looked like a female. Austin said the photos he snapped with his iPhone also seemed to have strange silhouettes in them. The radio and his police issue Ford malfunctioned on the way home. Later, Austin said the garage and his Gary home refused to open, even though the power was on everywhere else in the house. 
He said the driver's seat in his personal 2005 Infiniti also started moving backwards and forwards all by itself. He said the car checked. He said he had the car checked at the dealership, and the mechanic told him the motor on the driver's side seat was broken, which the mechanic said he could have caused the distraction leading to an accident. Austin said he found himself starting to believe Ammon's claims of paranormal activity, but the mental health professionals evaluating Ammon's and her children remained skeptical. So there's just another little glimpse inside the haunting in Gary, my favorite ghost story that I read every year. I'm going to have to uh, ask my, my buddy's wife about this. She's from Merrillville, which is like, you know, 20 minutes away from Gary. Um, So I'm going to have to ask her, if, if she's heard about this story, because it sounds like um, it was the talk of the, the area there for a while. So if that was like 2014 when the for- story first came out and the kids in 2012 were 7, 9, and 12, so add 11 years to those ages, that means so, yeah. they're all adults. Yeah. It'd be fun to chat with them and be like, hey, so what happened? Was your mom just crazy? or? Yeah, and I wonder how much, like how eager they are to t- – because if it was – I would think that if it was very real, they'd be much less eager to talk about it because you would just be um, scarred by it. Like, I I have my one uh, ghost encounter sort of thing, and it's not that, like, I don't like to talk about it. It's kind of a long story, but it's also one of those, even when I share it, I know it sounds like like people just like, come on, Roush, really? But, like, it scared the absolute bejesus out of me. Um, Ross has told it on air before, folks. Yeah, yeah. It's a uh, it's a Ouija board story. It's a pretty good one. It's a pretty yeah, good one. Yeah. It um uh, it was something else. Um so yeah, don't I'm I'm not I'm not a total skeptic by any means, but I'm also kind of like scoot like I'm not hook on sinker on every single one. You know? You, yeah. The the way that that was I don't think you would go so far as to like losing your kids over it. Um like if 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 push came to show, especially if you thought like your kids were being the victims of it too, that would be the scariest part as parent. I know. Like the scary part is if something like that did happen to you, you're just you're gonna think like I can't. Anybody I tell this to is gonna think I'm crazy. Right. Right. And, and understandably so. Like any, and that's why I think to have like the police be like, yeah, something was weird. That would make me feel better. But then again. <laughs> losing your kids too it's like all right what if i just pretend it's not happening though like what if i just you know i don't want to lose my kids so let's just but then you see a kid like crawling on the wall it's like okay well never mind i can't act like that's not happening yeah uh, yeah we're, we've got to got to do Johnny's something about on the this. ceiling again right his head revolves around 360 for the fifth time and he's throwing up backwards so i've got uh waverly hills i took we my buddy took a creepy picture that i thought was kind of fun i'll retweet that i tweeted it out like six years ago and then I did an audio recording in Waverly Hills as we were just walking around. And when I went back to play it back, I heard some like very weird things um, that I, I buy the audio stuff more than the the pictures with like the orbs in it. Something about those, like I feel like, is just like are like, I, I think that can be just like a psychological brain thing. Like, well, I think orbs are like a lot of times proven to just be a malfunction of the camera. Right. You know, but I don't, um, I don't know. Sometimes, like, the more I got into ghosts, the more I was like, all right, this stuff is, a a lot of loons kind of believe in this stuff. Do I really want to associate? But I had to fall back to what I said the other day. I think there's things we just can't comprehend. 
Uh, but I retweeted the picture that my buddy took. And if you look in that mirror, I mean, it, it could just be water stains. It could just be shadows. But you look in this Waverly Hills, it's a, it's a window. It's not a mirror. But you look in this window, and you just definitely looks like the outline of somebody or something. But I retweeted it if you're interested in ghosts. The audio stuff was really strange because we were in, like, the room where two sisters had lived or been stuck together. And, like, the audio recording, it sounds like two girls talking that, like, obviously weren't with us uh it's kind of bizarre and it does it makes you sound kind of crazy when you talk about it also feel like i saw a ghost one time in seneca park that was kind of weird um but besides that that's all the ghost stories i have scoots what about you i don't that's i'm sitting here thinking i don't i can't recall any i don't think i've ever had an experience Hmm. well maybe you just need to put yourself out there it's like the dating game scoots you aren't you're getting out there trying to stay away from the all the scary noises they heard in their house was actually just Sparky getting into something else. <laughs> Text your ghost stories in, 502-414-1450. Otherwise, Roush, we could just get to the Thornton's text line unless you all want to talk Monday Night Football or the World Series, which I, I don't. No, but um, the gambling is dumb because I had to sweat out that stupid bet. Uh, I had like the team total under for the Raiders in a parlay. And a 75-yard pick six kept them alive. Like, they – when I – it was, like, the third quarter, and I think the Raiders had, like, 34 passing yards or something, and they had 14 points. I'm like, what, what's going on here? It was a horrible game. Jimmy G, Warren Sharp had a tweet of two times where Devontae Adams could have had a 98-yard and a 68-yard touchdown, but Jimmy G just sucks. So, yeah. That guy, not good. Yeah, not good at football. I watched, watched very little of that game. But the Lions won. I'm still alive in Survivor, baby. They should have won by a lot more. They, they left some points on the table. Settled for a lot of field goals. Um, but um, I, I, our guy Brandon Fye did not get the win in the World Series either, TJ. Uh, yeah, the, the it looked like he played it. solid. Just the bats, the diamond bats weren't waking up. Nope, only had one run. Lost 3-1. Um, Scoots, the Rangers now have a postseason record nine wins on the road. Yeah, that's Scoots, pretty incredible. Road dogs. By the way, that's, that's the first time I did not fade Brandon Fott in this playoffs. And so, of course, <laughs> of course he loses. Or his team loses. Oh, suck it, Scoots. We're down to seven in the roll call Survivor League. Wow. A few familiar names. We got Keith still available. Joe Lee, shout out Joe Lee. We got Charlie, my buddy Chuck, still alive. Uh, Brian sounds for, like a familiar name. So there's uh then we got Johnson City Jeff. Johnson City Jeff, we need you out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Suck at Johnson City. You're you're next to go, Johnson City Jeff. I've got a tough week this week because I don't have any of my good picks left. So I'm gonna have to get gonna have to get froggy. Do you all feel really good about the Steelers? No, I'm just kidding. I'm not taking the Steelers. <laughs> yeah, come on. Couldn't bring myself to doing that. Uh probably gonna take the Browns, as sad as that will be. But probably going to end up having to take Cleveland. Uh, yeah, no, that's a, that's a, the Cardinals stink. So, uh, but I, I was mad though. I did this week and I forgot to. I thought about it, but I was like, ah, I don't know. NFC team struggle against Lamar Jackson, but Cardinals first halves I think are undefeated this year. Ooh, yeah. that's a fun. That's a fun little nugget there. Uh, in my little gambling league, I've hit six straight locks of the week in the NFL. Pretty impressive. Jesus, that is, that is impressive. That's, but like again, if you feel good about one bet a week, right? Hopefully you get that one right. But six in a row is is kind of lucky. 
more than anything else. A texture on the Thornton's text line says, Honey, I know these evil demons are possessing our children and threatening violent death upon us all, but have you seen these interest rates? We're staying. Scoots, <laughs> <sighs> you do the mustache for a night and dress your normal attire, and I can be Chris Hansen. Boom! How to catch a predator. <laughs> Halloween costumes. <laughs> Excuse me. John here. Good morning, my friends. Okay. I had a not-so-spooky dream last night. I saw Bradshaw and Big Z playing against Kansas. Wow, what a treat that would be. Joke time. Why did the ghost go into the bar for the booze? LOL, that's a good one right there. Well, got to go. Y'all have a great, safe Halloween, my friends. Love it, John. Love the Halloween joke on Halloween. I don't think you – I think your dream's going to be inaccurate. I don't think you're going to see Bradshaw and Big Z both playing together against Kansas. Ralph, uh, that reminds me of my son's joke, by the way. He has a Halloween joke. He says, what, what's in a ghost's nose? Boogers. Yeah, uh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. He likes I love it. Um, yeah. yeah, that's – watching the highlights of Kansas, Illinois, because I didn't get to see all of it live, Roush, I say this as somebody that's very optimistic about U.K. basketball. I say it as somebody that thinks that this team can win a national championship. And I say this with Kansas losing to Illinois, mind you. But I, I will probably be taking the Jayhawks oh, in the points. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. In the opening <laughs> night. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I think yep. Kentucky's going to have some trouble. Kansas has a lot of length. I think UK's younger guys are going to struggle against that length a little bit. Um, I, I, and again, I, I won't be shocked if UK wins. I'm not going to have any huge grandiose takes from what happens in that Champions Classic game. But I think Kansas, man, they've got so much length that I, I think I'm probably going to be taking the under and I'll probably be taking Kansas in the points. But I think that could be a rock fight. Yeah. Uh, well, early in the year, you know, that, that has a tendency to happen unless you just get absolutely romped like Kentucky has a couple of times in those. Just Hey, they've done some romping themselves. They've done a romp or two. They've, it's been a bit, but they've they've been a, a yeah. romp. Oh, there's dudes just... going with the bald head. All right, now everybody, let's take our. I, I posted a picture on the Kentucky Roll Call Instagram page, but let me do a better one now. Okay. Everybody, you know, look. Look how we're gonna, we're gonna look for ghoulish. Ooh. Hey, here it goes. One, two. Ah, uh, cheese. All right, there we go. Um, Should we take so, our last drink? Uh, yeah, and when we come back. Um, there's a marquee in Columbia, South Carolina that says, Dabo has two degrees, Tyler. We'll explain what that means and more in the final segment of Kentucky Roll Call right here on the Big X Sports Radio. It started with decent, you know, nothing real fancy about this homeboy named Fred and this girl named Izzy. But word, when it was over, I said, yo, that was death. And everything seemed all right when we left. But when I got home and laid down to sleep, that began the nightmare on my street. Boo! Welcome back. One final segment. Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. No tricks, just treats. It's all Saritas today. Uh, wear costume, get a free smile from the staff. They may give you a treat. I don't know. They, they is always giving away something pretty cool. Check them out. One of their two locations today. St. Matthews. It's 
probably don't want to sit outside on the covered patio. Uh, but beautiful interior, blue Powerade from the fountain. That is the best Powerade you're ever going to get. Wildly addictive chips and a drive-through out at the Middletown location, right on Shelbyville Road. We love Salseritas. You do as well. Check them out. Eat well. And don't be in a bad mood. Don't be grumpy. You won't when you eat Salseritas. You will if you coach Clemson football, Roush. Who? Who? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, Mark Stoops took a lot of uh, crow for his pony up comments to a caller last week. Or no, no, uh, hell, that was like three weeks ago now. Um, those paled in comparison to what happened on Dabo Swinney's call-in show. Because, I mean, it was just start to finish. The call, there's two clips out there. Just do yourself a favor and listen to the six-minute one. That includes all of the call. Because the person talks about how he was stationed overseas and he used to love to listen to it because it was just motivating him. And, you know, he's a man of God too. But, you know, he reads the Bible and now, like, he was basically using the Bible to call Dabo a fraud. He, like, quoted a verse to call him a fraud, which was just electric. And... After the caller goes on for about a minute or two, I mean, he Dabo really let him go. And he said, all right, I've had about enough from you, Tyler. And then went on and on to say that you're part of the problem. You're taking, um, I forget what the exact phrase was. It was like expectations without acknowledgement of the success. And just like goes on and on about how great they've been. Um, it was, I, I've never seen or heard anything like that in, in all my days of covering this sport, Mr. Sports Talker. I mean, that was that was electric, TJ. An electric call-in show. Yeah, it's a it's a five minute rant, so we really can't play it all as much as we would would like to. Um, but I, I've seen people take different sides of it, Roush. <laughs> people are taking people, Dabo's side? <laughs> I've seen some I've seen some people taking Dabo's side. Saying like um, it's fun, you know, it's fun to rip on Dabo, but like you know, how many people would sit there and take that from a caller? They, no, they, ha they have to, though. Like, that's that's part of the job. And that the, my favorite part of it all is that you want this job, you go apply to it. I don't answer to you. I answer to the board of trustees. It's like, yeah, but also you kind of do answer to the fans a little bit. And I know that that caller might have taken it a step forward. You might have felt insulted by it. But you, they feel insulted by what you've done as their head coach has a plate. Um, going that over the top, like just with the flying elbow drop to a fan, not like he's done. He was the one who said, maybe we need to lose a few more games to get some of these guys off the bandwagon. He then went and lost a couple more games. Now he's got guys falling off the bandwagon and he's blaming them. You're a part of the problem. I mean, uh, it just, I love to see it. I love to see it so much because he's, He's crumbling in real time, TJ. This is the first time he's faced adversity in the last decade. And, two, like, yes, his record is impeccable, and he's done great things there that nobody expected. But he, is, he hasn't adjusted, and he's failing because of it. And to see him just crumble is so entertaining. Roush, you couldn't go with a stone-cold stunner to the fan? Come on. Flying elbow. That's not a stone cold move. Dis dis disrespectful, Scoot. Exactly. Go get Can I get a hell yeah? 
Big Bird advocates for peace, but we know we knew Bowser was going to try to cause hell. Yeah, you two are the rebel rousers over there. Bowser, Stone Cold, Steve Austin. I think I'm at the wrong Halloween party. If you if you ask me, Roush, I think what you're finding out is that Dabo is a anywhere from a mediocre to a good coach. Mm-hmm. He made a bonehead decision not to embrace the transfer portal. He's seen everybody catch up in a terrible conference. And I think also that's another thing is he's starting to not get as much talent as he did just because of the discrepancy among conferences. And that's part of the reason why Clemson wants out of the ACC so badly. But most of it is Dabo. You didn't embrace the transfer portal. You're a dingus for that. And you had two generational talents at quarterback. You took advantage of it. Credit to you. You did what you did with those talents. And now you don't have generational quarter talent at quarterback and you're just you're middle of the pack again. You're good. You know, you're above average in a bad ACC, which makes you above average in the rest of college football. And that's where Clemson's at. And that's where they've been Roush in our lifetime for the most part. And that's why I was so impressive that Dabo did what he did when he did it. But it was because make no mistake when you have Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence, you should win a lot of college football games. I would hope that you would. And he did uh, to his credit at at the biggest stage at the biggest level. But now you don't have those players. You didn't embrace the transfer portal. And the water's finding its level to a certain degree. Uh, I I, I don't – I guess I don't have a big take on the the call-in show rant. I would just say that, like, I don't take away call-in shows because of this stuff. This is the stuff that, like, is entertaining. This is the stuff that we want. But, Roush, this is the stuff that, like, gets JMI and gets universities being like, are they even worth it? We'll, we'll just we'll, – oh. we'll do a call-in show, but it'll be, you know, we won't take actual calls. No, I think um, – I, I think that it's not the necessarily the – the coaches don't like him, but the, the media rights holders love him, you know? I'm sure the advertisers felt like they got a little bang for their buck last night during that show, so – you know, it's one of the few. Uh, here's a, here's this is semi-related, but like part of when you're the media rights holder is trying to monetize, you know, as best you can. Did um, did you notice that? Like, I, I don't remember those courtside seats a year ago. That like, oh, I, it used to that just was be, the that was the talk of the Halloween parties. Everybody was like, "Am I crazy or are those new?" I don't remember those. Those are new. They are new. Okay, all right. I was thinking the same thing. I love that they even put a Chevy sign underneath the seats, too. So there's still an ad there, but they're now UK, selling those seats. The UK has no no shame. They're they're asking people for money at gas stations away from just being U of L in terms of their money hungry. Well, and here and the thing is, is like a lot of that is J, like JMI has all those rights. So I get putting the signage up. The seating would be by Rupp Arena. So Rupp Arena, no, no, yeah, 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 yeah. But no, um, this, is, this is UK. Well, this is UK. Well, but I'm the the, the signage is JMI though. But the, like, they've always had those signs there. They've always it, you should just be a big. So if you if you didn't see the exhibition game and you don't know what we're talking about on Friday, they still have those stupid logos on the court. I like that see, the NBA is doing their in season tournament, and yesterday they released all thirty new teams courts. They're having special courts for the in season tournament. If that's all French to you or foreign language, don't worry about it. 
But point being, the NBA could make new courts in like a day, but UK is going on year 30 of the dumbest court in the history of Kentucky basketball. And Central Bank doesn't care. Rupp Arena doesn't care. UK doesn't care. Yet everybody makes fun of it and everybody laughs at it because it looks so stupid. But regardless, that's still there, unfortunately. But something new at Rupp Arena was instead of the scores table, it used to just be this big ribbon board that would say, you know, eight-time national champions, and then it'd have Mingi beef jerky, and it'd have all Malones the rotating, and, yeah, yeah. It'd have all the rotating sponsors. They have split that up now, so the like the ribbon board is much smaller, and it's kind of broken up into pieces. And in between the pieces of the ribbon board or the scores table, if you will, are now courtside seats. So very similar to what NBA teams are doing. UK has now jumped on the trend. So, Roush, I would almost guarantee you that those advertisers are paying the exact same price for smaller messaging on the floor, but now UK is making an additional, I don't know, 50000 per seat right there, 100000 per seat right there. And how many seats did they add? Probably about 12 of them. So UK is probably, with the same advertising cost, probably getting an additional maybe like $1.2 million. And I'm, of course, pulling that number out of my butt. But, you know, you it's probably more than that, really. But, but you that, know, so they're like they're pocketing a couple mil with this change. I when I saw that, I was like, oh, so we can we can completely change the, the seating and yep. the Get new video the board. Boards, nothing like, we, yeah, we can do all that, but we can't rip the stupid stickers up off the floor. I mean, mind it's, you, it's, Roush, it's not like these video boards are accordions they had to hey so we're gonna have three seats here that means the video board needs to be six by four six by six or whatever it's gonna be and we'll they had to get them custom made that took time yep. i don't think you can just get like you know we need a ribbon board that's this exactly oh perfect we got one in stock right for you no they had to get that stuff custom made they'd have detailed plans sent to whoever made up all this stuff and yet they still can't change the stupid logo on the court. The NCAA tournament can change any court in a matter of minutes. Every conference has their own conference tournament floor, but UK goes into year three. Why do we believe the BS that we're fed? This is not a can't do. This is a don't want to do. And it's it's bogus. It's really, you know, there's more important things in life than the basketball court at UK games, but it's just wild that a premier program has an ugly-looking floor. I remember the Texas Tech Bob Knight days where they just had a logo every inch of that hardwood. And no, UK doesn't look that bad, but why would we even want to be in that same neighborhood? Why would we want to be in that conversation? Dumb. Uh, But Texters aren't dumb most of the time. 502-414-1450. We're kind of jumping around a little bit. South Georgia Wildcat ghost story. When I was a Northwest Florida Wildcat in my youth, I was driving back – from a friend's house around midnight on a super foggy night. If you've been to Seaside, I was driving back towards 30A from the highway a few miles off the coast. While on a windy and pitch black road, my buddy and I spotted a lady biking on the other side of the road. No light on her bike. Didn't wince at us at all, even with our brights on. Emotionless face, ghost-like qualities. She was biking towards highway at a leisurely pace. Didn't make sense. We turned around immediately after passing to see what was going on. She was nowhere to be seen, just with woods on either oh, side man. for the next three miles. Ghost that's, or no? That's that, ghost. South Georgia Wildcat, that's like eerily similar to my ghost story. 
Uh, I was driving with a friend who lived in near Seneca Park in Louisville, and I was dropping them off. And I'm driving, and it's like pouring rain. It's a cold fall night, and we see like this girl on the side of the road in Seneca Park, um, in between like the golf course and the basketball court. So kind of that stretch of road right there. And it's she's just she looks like she's probably about like 11 or 12. She's not like in any creepy ghost clothing. She's just like kind of in rain gear but she's just standing near the side of the road in like pouring rain and i told my friend i'm like we need to stop and get her like that's that's scary she's alone we need to see what's going on and they were like absolutely not are you kidding me we're not stopping for somebody in the middle of the road that's how people get killed so i took the person home but i had to go back the same way and this was only about like three minutes later so i was like well when i drive by again i'll say something or see if they need to borrow my phone and driving back the rain has now stopped in like a span of a few minutes gone from pouring rain to no rain which just adds to the weirdness of the story and it wasn't a foggy night but now it was foggy Mm. and i'm driving through that same spot and roush i know it's like crazy and it's like made up i hit a fog like shadow that was like a person maybe a little girl maybe not a little girl but like it's in like the figure of a person and I like drill it and then, you know, no little girl to be found on the road, left or right. There's nobody there. There's no more fog. I was like, this is the weirdest freaking thing. And nobody's ever going to believe me. And, you know, it doesn't matter if people do or don't. But that South Georgia Wildcat, very similar to my fog story, although you turned around instantly and they were they were not there. That's very weird. TJ, I buy very, yours, very but as somebody who lived in northern Florida – drugs that was definitely drugs that's <laughs> what it comes down to. Riding the bike it's either it's i mean it's either for me it's either drugs or ghosts and in that scenario drugs yeah i, I like it's like no it wasn't a ghost just a drug a, a girl on drugs riding her bike and then she just went into the woods yeah which could be feasible maybe she's meeting her dealer there uh, and then on my end, you know, potentially like somebody was out in the rain and got picked up in the, you know, the three minute span that I went back, you know, drove back around. I don't know. Who knows? A texture says spirited. Great show yesterday. I have to push back against the undisciplined comments. DB falling down was put in a bad spot on an Island and zero coverage slips happen. Bad play calls. Don't have to fair point texture. I see what you're saying there. Yeah, and I, I'm not yeah. saying that like falling down is like the sign of a totally undisciplined team, but to fall down where the stakes are that high, where there's no other help. And it's just the easiest touchdown that dude's ever going to get in sec football, probably his entire life. That just, that's yes, that can be bad luck, but that's just very unfortunate. That's something that really shouldn't happen. Another texture says also able to, also to run a, oh okay let's see good morning to all how do you like scoots halloween haircut we'd love it also to run off that question if you had to pick who would you rather see on uk sideline for the next 10 years stoops or cal you can only pick one the there was another 10 years there was another question two up Oh, man. Hypothetical question for you guys, Scoots, too. Would you rather see your favorite college teams win one football national championship or three rings in basketball over the course of the rest of your life? It, 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 it's either all or nothing. Like, you get one it, or you get or three. The other. And I'm doing yeah. the three because I just don't want to win yeah. a football championship and then have the realization I'm never seeing my team 
win yeah. anything else. Three, ever three is greater than one. I mean, especially if it automatically disqualifies the other one. What if um, you went? What if it was three and three for both? Oh, I would do three football. Yeah, because like I've because I've done the basketball yeah, if it's three one. Three, then definitely football. Yeah, for sure. And think about how like UK basketball should hopefully always be a national contender. And at um, least be, like, going to Final Fours. Because, like, I, I feel like but, that's a lot of it is just getting to that last weekend. But if football does that, then that's, like, game-changing. Then UK is a national power forever, hopefully, and that would be pretty cool for generations and generations to come. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I would go fo- – if it's even number, I'd go football. But if it's not even number, I'm probably going quantity because uh, both the, both the, are quality. To answer, if I had to pick one to see – I don't want either of them on the sidelines in 10 years. Like, I would go Stoops just because I can't have, like, an 82-year-old Calipari. Yeah, but, like, also, like... Really, had... it'd, be, it'd be 74. That's not the end of the world. But, I, I, yeah, that's too old for me. I mean, 20 years at one place, it would be so long for the modern. Well, you know, but that ha- that happens. You get, like... I, you know, I had the realization that, like, Cal is, to a certain degree, RK and R. Roy Williams. And, like... People look at UK basketball and Calipari in a similar light that they do with Kay and with Roy and with Izzo and Michigan State. And, I, and it's not apples to apples because Cal's been to other places and a lot of the, you know, Roy was at Kansas, but, and, and Bill Self was at Illinois before he was at Kansas. So there's, you know, it's not, it's not apples to apples, but that's the way people are going to look. That's the way people do look at UK and Calipari. Like he is our lifer. That being said, I don't want another 10 years. Stoops, I, I don't want another 10 years of either, Roush, but I, I'd rather have right. that than a 74-year-old Calipari. If you mentioned, you mentioned it too. There's, there's, there's some coaches here and there that do last this long in college football, and one of them is uh, uh, apparently firing his son. That we, we learned yesterday that the Brian Ferentz drive for 325 is off. Um, it, it was such a big story. Instead of just, like, dragging it out for another month, they – they just went ahead and leaked that they're going to part ways at the end of the season. This will be the last ride for Kirk's son, Brian, as the offensive coordinator. And um, the funny thing is, TJ, is now people are going to have to realize that, like, yeah, um, this is this is Kirk's doing is just as much as it's Brian's doing. So what's he going to do next? Probably like an old – uh, the, the athletic reporter, Scott Docterman said that it's likely he'll just hire from within. So it'll just be the same thing next year, but with a different guy to blame. Well, that's really dumb if they just hire within. Yeah. Uh, that's what they're going to do. If I was an really Iowa fan, I'd be furious about that. A texter on the Thornton text line says, Kenny Payne quote last night, we needed more than two rebounds out of our guys. Like, uh, we read that scooter dingus one, uh, stall like Brian here. Are we prepared to say Kenny? Oh, okay. Come yeah. on down, Kenny. Would happily welcome back as assistant coach. Ha, ha, ha. Reading the tweets from L fans is seriously so hilarious. My God, L hasn't made one single improvement since last season. Kenny just isn't a head coach. It, it, it is just – he's just not a good head coach. Doesn't It comes down to that. If you wanted to see how coaching can matter in college athletics, I think Kenny Payne is a perfect example of that. And then Roush to just, like, say you're not going to be the most talented team is – such a self-own, a lack of self-awareness, self-own. Hey, Kenny, why doesn't U of L have more talent than Kentucky Wesleyan? If only we could find the guy who did this. Oh, somebody give him the hot dog. Give him the hot dog costume. Yeah. B 
because Kenny, you could have you could have had better talent. You were the head coach when a dude decided to bounce for Australia in the middle of the year or before the season even started, I should say. Like, and even if you did have him, I don't think things really changed much on the outlook of the season. You could have gotten top 10 recruits. Nobody was stopping you. You could have ended up with literally anybody else besides Sky Clark in the transfer portal. You could have kept L. Ellis, who's doing awesome at Arkansas, mind you. And they're just, like, burning him. I mean, the fact that uh, Muscleman just keeps, like, throwing in Louisville tape to, like, remind like he's basically just bullying oh, yeah. L. Ellis in the film room by yeah, showing like, old we don't do this tape. anymore. We don't do yeah. that era. Hey, and guess what? Like L. Ellis, he's not losing exhibition games at Arkansas. <laughs> Sky Clark didn't lose exhibition games at Illinois. What do you think the the common thread is here, Kenny? And and again, we like Kenny, and you feel bad, but like he is bad. Proud KWC alumni tonight. Go Panthers! What was it? What's it like at KWC in Owensboro? What's the what's the campus life like? Uh, Are there like said, thousand students, nine hundred students, or something? There's three dorms, and uh, one of them is for the fraternities, and the fraternities share fours. So there's three fraternities, one for each four at the dorm. So not a lot of folks there. Um, did you know Owensboro is a two college town? Scoots, can you name the other college in Owensboro? No, no shot. What about you, Teach? Hmm. No. B. Berea. Uh, Berea. No, that's in Berea. Brescia. <laughs> mm, I should have known that. Yeah, yeah, Brescia. Let's, uh, another text to Robert. Let's go, Panthers. Proud WKC alumni tonight, fellas. Uh, I had some friends who went to the game that they're, like, yeah, a lot of people just knew people that played on the team. Uh, the KWC folks last night were much louder, although not saying too much. The call for the Davis touchdown on the sweep was vintage Cohen, says one texter. That was pretty awesome. Uh, uh, so the discourse following the Tennessee loss is that younger fans have too high expectations. I don't disagree with that sentiment, but it feels like a convenient distraction from the actual issues at hand. I'm mad because we lost our two SEC night home games and at least one side of the ball. It's like bad for enough, not because we'll probably go 7-5. and five. I agree. I don't like – like we we did our big picture discussions during the bye week. Like I I would much rather not. Like you, you can talk about the actual game more. Did we you act know, like the expectations were too high last year? Right? No, that 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 was the whole. Like I I was listening to my boss's radio show on the way oh, to folks, Lexington. Yesterday. Come on, we cannot. Yeah. Look, bring that up with their radio shows. It's confusing me at this point. I was like, when yeah, did we when did we try to lower the bars? Absolutely not. We're not happy. I'm I'm mad. Yeah, and like, yeah, you should be mad. And like the like the whole like fire stoops discourse is like a dozen people. So like, I'm not, you know, like it's it's there's there's a couple out there, but there's always going to be a couple out there. That's just that's just how the sport works. A texter says, "Scoots, I like drugs as much as the next guy, but why don't you stop knocking my North Florida heritage and ghost tales?" <laughs> I, I'm just telling you what I saw when I lived there, North South Georgia Wildcat. Just telling you. Were you were you on the drugs, Scoots? Not the hard drugs like they are down there, no. Hell yeah. <laughs> Scoots is like, you know, I was riding my bike on a foggy night one, you know, a couple <laughs> years back. All right, favorite Halloween candy? Kit Kat bars. Peanut Bring M&M's. Bring me off a piece. Peanut M&M's. 
Ah, ooh, gross. I'm totally cool with Kit Kat bars. Crunch bars also very yummy. Just give me that sweet, sweet chocolate. Uh, oh, oh yeah, love the chocolate. We're on trick or treaters tonight. Everybody set your own number. We'll see who's right. We go to my parents, so we won't. Yeah, it's there. There will be dozens, but um, right, my 30, house would only be five. Thirty-six for Roush. I'll set mine at thirty-two. Scoots zero. Won't get it. Okay, in. I'll take the over and scoot. <laughs> Everybody have a great Halloween. Thanks for listening. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big Exports Radio. Oh, 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 oh.